Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, here we come. Monday night thriller. World Series approaching. NBA starts tonight. What a time to be alive and love sports. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Oh, and the best place to start is with the NFL Monday Night Thriller last night. And look what we've got here. Two for the price of none. Jeff Saturday and Dominic <laughs> Foxworth asking for no extra remuneration to hang out a little extra time. <laughs> oh, we're not going to pay for this? Whoa, 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 what? With <laughs> the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Let's dive right in on the Monday Night game last night before we go anywhere else. Dominique Foxworth. With less than 30 seconds to go, his team down three inside the five-yard line, fourth and less than a yard. Buffalo Bills coach Sean McDermott chooses to go for it rather than kick a a chip shot tying field goal and take his chances from there. Was that the right decision? Absolutely. I think the numbers say it's the right decision, only by a small amount. But it's not about the numbers in that situation to me. It's about having control or not having control. Like You kick the field goal, then you leave it up to fate, to a coin toss. Hopefully that in overtime you get a coin toss and then you can get the ball and score. Right there, it's like, man, if we get this inch – we have a much, much better chance of winning. I think that my guy, who is as big as Derrick Henry, yeah, can fall yeah. forward for an inch. How much does the Derrick Henry factor weigh into yeah. that as well? If we lose the coin toss, we Ooh. have not been able to stop this guy all <laughs> night long, Jeff, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's part of the, the analytics are what the analytics are, yeah. 48.5% or whatever it is. But you do have to take into account the circumstances. Our defense can't stop this that's guy right. and hasn't all night long. I mean, think about it, Fox. We were, doing, we were doing the highlights. Just get out the way. I mean, everybody <laughs> get out the way for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Don't nobody want any of that action. And so when you think about – I love what McDermott did. I think, listen, you bet on yourself. That, that's life. And when you think you have an opportunity to make the most of it, you do. It didn't work out. It was actually executed poorly. If it was executed decently, they would have gotten it. I think they do win the game. So – Sometimes it happens, man. You'll go back and get better from it. A hundred percent, in my opinion, the right call. And he and, slipped. Yeah, so I mean, like, there's a lot of things yeah. that went in. But at the end of the day, you'd rather you'd rather win it with yourself than bet on them right. them messing up and not giving you a chance. You know, I mean, it's just it's just easy for me to make that call. So that game presents two interesting questions to me. One of them is, I feel like if we were talking about the Bills during this show yesterday, we would have said it's the Bills and everybody else in the AFC. Dominique. What do we say now? I mean, I don't change my opinion. Like, right. I think there are other teams in the AFC that are competitive. But forget about if we were talking about it yesterday. If he makes that one inch, yeah. we talk about it differently. And yeah. I think that that was a kind of a one in ten situation. Something like that happens where your guy slips and uh, they get and Simmons gets penetration like that. So my opinion of the Bills haven't changed. I understand that the Titans haven't been very good this season, but they're in the NFL. They have a home primetime game right. with a very emotional, fiery coach. That's the best that the Titans going to play all year. They may not play another game that good all season. And the Bills had a chance to win and probably should have. So I still believe in the Bills and the AFC. I 100% agree. And I want to say this. Like the NFL are matchups. Yesterday's matchup was not favorable for the Bills, right? You have a dominant run game with Derrick Henry. You know you can run it at the Bills. You do a good job. Tannehill hit play action late because of Derrick Henry, uh, the effect. I mean, there were, there were passes that he was throwing. There wasn't anybody within five yards <laughs> yeah. of their receiver. But ultimately, they still had the opportunity to win the game. They just didn't quite get it accomplished. You don't, as a player, there's some days that ain't your day. It yep. wasn't your night last night. You're still the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. In the meantime, a dominant. I know you like math and all those sorts of things. I think last (laughs) night's game um, disproved a very popular theorem 
which is the transit of property. Oh, yeah. Because right. last night the Titans beat the Bills. Two weeks ago, the Jets beat the Titans. The transit of property would suggest yes. the Jets are better than the Bills. So I don't know who I talked to about this, but I think I've, I've come up with something very important that could shake up the world of mathematics. I love math. It's so much fun. And you can trust it. You can also trust the fact that the math also tells you the Jets stink. Yeah. <laughs> you can look at all the numbers, EPA. You yes. can look at all of those numbers that are out there that determine. And the most important number, their record over the past couple seasons. Those numbers tell you that I'm sorry, Mike. The Jets are not good. I don't care who they beat and who those teams beat. You're still going to be talking to that dog, bro. Every yes. Sunday you're talking to that dog. It's like therapy dog. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. The best week. I mean, we had a buy. It was a delight. <laughs> Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance. Proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. The other question, Jeff, and no one appreciates this more than an offensive lineman, although you know you were famously on a team that threw the ball like crazy. Mm. But if I wanted to make an argument that Derrick Henry is as valuable as any player in the NFL, I mean, we're t- quarterbacks are going to own this this award till the end of time, it feels like. But that guy changes everything, right? I mean, oh. every now and again, Derrick Henry comes along. Yeah, he has 750 yards and 10 touchdowns in six games. The other two guys, Eric Dickerson <laughs> and, and Jim, Jim Brown. Brown. Like, you're in pretty good company when you, when you talk about that type of, of dominance in the league. And here's the part about Derrick Henry. As, as we had this conversation, I think it was last year, about who's more important, Tannehill or, or Derrick Henry or who – like Derrick Henry is the foundation block of your offense. And, and here's the deal. Even when your line isn't at its best, he still moves. He still makes progress. It's that type of, of player who can not only win you the games you should, but keep you in games like last night that you shouldn't be in. The numbers even say, if you look at just that they shouldn't be in. They didn't, yep. you know, they didn't convert. The Bills didn't convert in the red zone. They were two of five. But you shouldn't have been in the game, and you still were because of Derrick Henry. That talks about how, that speaks to how important he when is. When we started talking about value I think Lamar Jackson made me kind of realize this is what is really valuable is when you make other players better make their jobs easier and Derrick Henry does that like you can block or you can not block that's Derrick right. Henry might get you six yards <laughs> that's right if you actually block he might get you 66 yards that's right so that's the impressive part about Derrick Henry and I know I understand that play action is effective without an effective running game or not like I know that to be true however when I watch Ooh. games the way linebackers re- respond yes. to Derrick Henry play action, I don't know what the gravity is on that. Somebody needs to get some next-gen stats on that. You know because- what it's called? <laughs> fear of the Lord. Yes. That's what it is. You yeah. just fear. Yeah. You're just scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to yeah. get him before he gets his motor running, right. bro. Like, get him before he starts. And then it's play action, and they throw it over your head. But you're right. It's like, I'm not ready to meet Jesus today. Yes. So we are going to get downhill and yes. fill these gaps before Derrick Henry can get his train. Life altering decisions <laughs> on the defensive backfield. If you're a buck uh, 80, you uh, don't want to see no part of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, right now, is on pace to lead the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns for the third consecutive season. The last player to do that was Jim Brown in the late wow. 50s. I mean, so he is doing stuff that no running back has done in what is that, 60 years of pro football. Meantime, let's go to this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I'm really interested to hear this. From you guys, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Because it was something that really bothered me. Because I understand that when you're a football player, and maybe more to the point when you're a football coach, 
At times, it feels like nothing is more important than winning games. But every now and again, something has to be more important. And when the Giants left Daniel Jones on the field, a week removed from it being clear to the world that he couldn't, he didn't know where he was. When you're you're down 38, it's one thing if the doctors clear him, okay, we're going to try and play this game, whatever it is. When you're down 38-3 to in the fourth quarter of the next game and you still have him out there, like, to me, if I'm the owner of the team, I want a meeting with my coach and I want to say, what exactly were you thinking and doing? What was the purpose of that? Because not that that's going to lose your team. That's just that's just not that really bothered me. And, and it I, should. I'm curious from a player's there, there perspective. Is, it is no purpose and it's stupid. And and to your point, you have a guy who literally is stumbling his way off. However, he passed for whatever he passed, right? You can't question what the doctors say or whatever. But as a coach and as another player, you know this game is completely out of hand. You pull guys you, you pull guys at tw- at twenty points at that point in the game. And to have him doing that and putting himself at risk to me is just stupid. Again, we always talk about player health and safety. I mean, you know, it, it gets mocked, it gets made fun of, it's all, but at the end of the day, it is the most important thing that Fox and I fought for yeah. in the CBA in 2011. And it's like, hey man, get a grip of where we are. And, and to your point, the, the moment should have been bigger for the coach. Right. He obviously missed on that point, but he, so, Daniel Jones should not have been in the game at that point. A coach like that, and coaches in general... They believe that's not their job. Their job is to win football games. My job is not to be thinking about how safe I can make these players or how I can protect this guy and protect this guy. I agree that it's that's not the right mind frame. Like to be a leader of, uh, frankly, billion dollar company, to be a leader of that, like you need to be able to carry a couple different thoughts in your mind at one time. Thank you. Joe Judge does not come across to me, and I don't know him, but he doesn't come across to me as that type of guy. Like he comes across to me as like, oh, we're never going to give up. And pulling out your starting quarterback at that point is like to him probably feels like giving up. So I'm certainly not defending it, but I assume that's the rationale. If he comes into your office after you want to have a meeting with him afterwards and, he, and you say, what's your rationale behind that? We don't quit. We don't give up. We fight. Right. I take him out the game. That, that sends a message to my team that I don't believe in. That. Right. So the message that he's sending is we never quit no matter what happens during a game. But the message that's being received, in my opinion, is he doesn't give a damn about me. If I'm a player on that team, I'm thinking he doesn't give a damn about me. And that, to me, is a far bigger loss that a coach can suffer than any individual game. That's the way I saw it. And I I didn't think enough, candidly, maybe I missed it yesterday, but I didn't think enough was made of that as the day went on yesterday. That was just one person's opinion. No, it's the most frustrating part from a player's perspective is we get taken out when we're blowing teams out. Like, is that giving up? I mean, we're we're smoking some teams. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not continuing to work on your craft at that point. When you're down 38 points or 35 points or whatever the number is, you're not working on your craft. You know you're trying to get out of the stadium. They know you're trying to get out of the stadium. Like, we all compete with each other. We understand what's happening in the game. We understand protecting each other. When your coach isn't protecting you, it just don't make any sense in my opinion. All right, one more thing quickly. Right now, Dominique, if you had to bet your palatial estate in our nation's capital on the two teams that will wind up in the Super Bowl. Just seeing that the, the, we have a, enough of a body of work now, we have a sense of what's happening, understanding that everything changes in the NFL. Bills and the Cardinals. Pick? Bills and yeah. the Cardinals. Wow. Yeah, I would go, if I had to bet it right now, I'd go Bills-Cardinals. The Cliff Kingsbury impact has me a little nervous about my Cardinals pick, but I what feel confident. What does that confident. mean, meaning that they won without him? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how important Cliff Kingsbury is to what they're doing over there. Like, their defense is outstanding. Kyler Murray is outstanding. I know he's the head coach, and he's the offensive mind behind all of this. But he has a track record that suggests that he has some Mike McCarthy in his decision-making in his history, <laughs> which, which makes me worry about them going forward. But if you look at how well these teams are playing, I think they're playing the best in the NFC. And I know we're doing some projecting right now. Sure. Uh, the projection in my mind is they'll stay healthy and they'll continue to play at this high level. And the same thing with the Bills. The Bills had a minor hiccup, but they aren't ravaged by injuries. They're going to be fine going yeah. forward. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, I'm going Bills and Buccaneers. And, and, yeah. and, and it's hard for me to get away from the Chiefs anyway. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, when you start, but, but I will say Bills and Bucks. I think Byron Leftwich is probably the most underrated offensive player caller in our game. Everybody's going to give a credit to Tom Brady, and it is deserved. But this guy understands about finding flow in the offense, accentuating the good offensive line he has with run the ball with Fournette. Like, you just see him developing, and they're going to get healthy on their back end, which they've been decimated by injuries on the defensive side. Talk about the Tom Brady factor, but I'm with you on the Bills as well. What you said about the Bills to me is true. I think Leslie Frazier's an incredible defensive coordinator and put together plans. I think they'll be just fine. Guys, just outstanding today as always. Thank you so much for hanging out. We uh, have the get up and now here. It's just a pleasure. Dominique Fox with Jeff Saturday. Thank you, guys. Inviting you to be a part of Greeny Nation. We have the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Coming up next, I'm going to explain the one thing the best manager in baseball has absolutely wrong. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 100 times times your money. money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy i'm ready to go right now green light, green light. with greeny and I'm going to give the green light to Hembo in a minute, but I'm going to keep it to, for myself for a moment here. Alex Cora, uh, who is the manager of the Red Sox, 
I think has proved himself to be the exception to the rule, which is we live now in a world where I think coaches in many sports, and in particular in baseball, are considered to be just products of a large binder in which practically every decision they make in any game is made long before the game is played. And that their role is significantly less important than it used to be. Analytics have essentially become the primary decision driver in everything. And aside from generally trying to keep the clubhouse a a, a positive place or whatever, that the manager is practically irrelevant. And I think Alex Cora is an example that that is not true. That there are still managers who make a difference. So far be it for me to be critical of him in any way that has anything to do with winning baseball games. It is my opinion, however, that the position he took last night on his pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez was exactly the wrong one. Mm. In case you were watching football last night and didn't see what happened in the baseball game, the Red Sox were blowing out the Astros in game three last night at Fenway. They had hit a grand slam. Schwarber hit the grand slam, right? So Schwarber hits a grand slam. It's 6 nothing at one point, Boston. They're on their way to winning this game. And in the sixth inning, Rodriguez, the pitcher is named Eduardo Rodriguez. He induces a, a ground ball from Carlos Correa, and that's the end of an inning. And as he's walking off the field, the pitcher points to an imaginary watch. Rodriguez kind of just looks down at his wrist and points to his watch. This obviously is a gesture that is meant to sort of give it back to Correa, who when Correa hit that huge home run the other night, looked at his watch and started yelling, it's my time, in a moment of extraordinary exuberance, enthusiasm, and excitement. The manager, Alex Cora, immediately, immediately excoriates his pitcher on the field. And after the game says, don't do that. We don't act that way. We just show up, we play, and we move on. And he knows. I let him know. The pitcher said, I will apologize to Correa if I see him in person because that's not something I normally do when it was just part of the game. Let me make it clear. The most important part of that sentence was the last part. It was just part of the game. This is a competition between two competitive people. And when Correa gets the best of it, he's going to let you know it a little bit. He didn't run out there and rub his face in it. He didn't smash him with a, with, a, with, a, with a pie in the face or anything like that. He didn't do a dance. He looked at his watch and said, it's my time. It's a big moment. And the pitcher gets him back and says, all right, what's good for you is good for me. I'm going to give it right back to you. And there, in my opinion, should be absolutely nothing wrong with that. It exists in every other sport. And in baseball, somehow we have decided it is beneath us. And I don't like that. I don't get it. And I don't understand why Alex Cora is tut-tutting his pitcher for something that just feels like a perfectly natural instinct and I think is a sign of emotion, passion, and exuberance, which baseball needs more of, not less of. That's my opinion. Let me start with the opinion of Hembo. What do you think? I think that you could not possibly be more wrong Mm -hmm. about this, which I'm sure you're not surprised to hear me say, given my sort of old school tendencies. The question I would ask you is, why is it my place or your place or anyone's place to tell Alex Cora how he's going to police his own team? Because a baseball team is just like the rest of us, whether you work at ESPN or Apple or Amazon or literally anywhere, 
any business in America has sort of a culture that just, they just abide by. Sometimes it's written in a you know, handbook, and other times it just sort of lived. And the Red Sox have clearly decided that that's not something that they do. And that's his prerogative, and that's the prerogative of his teammates, too, to enforce together. It's their decision, not ours. It's their decision. And it's worked very well for them. Like you said, Alex Cora right now is managing a baseball team as well as anyone possibly could be managing a baseball team. He's 17-5 and in the postseason. His team's two wins away from going to the World Series when they finish the year as a fourth-best team in the American League East. What they're doing is working. They have plenty of fun. You know, they hit the Grand Slam. They roll the laundry cart down the dugout, and it's all fun. It's all well and good. But what Carlos Correa did was stupid. It was silly. It was honestly beneath what the Red Sox think that they are. And I agree with that. It was orchestrated and contrived. And everyone knows that. If you watched it in real time, especially. Like, you're talking about what Rodriguez did. No, not what, what, Correa, no, what, what Correa, Correa did. did. Yes. And so what you're essentially doing is by mimicking him and getting the out, you're sort of living beneath the code that you have set for yourself. That's the Red Sox. That's how the Red Sox have decided to police their clubhouse. And that's the way that they've decided to live. And I'm good with that. Okay. There's one opinion. <laughs> Let me then turn to <laughs> hashtag... Uh, who's, who's laughing at my hearing? Uh, well, it's me. Okay, uh, go ahead, Nuno. We're sitting here laughing. Uh, Hembo, we love you. But anytime you start a, a argument with, let me tell you why you're wrong, we know Greeny made the right decision. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is asinine. It's part of the game now. There is no code anymore. The code is if you make a big play and you celebrate, if someone makes a big play against you, they have the right to celebrate it. Allow it. This game needs that. It needs to bring in the younger fans because the old guys who want to police this are dying off. Not trying, you know, they need the younger guys, and this will bring the younger fans in in games that are taken. And yesterday's was only three, three hours and fifteen minutes, but in games that are taken four hours and four and a half hours, you need to be plugged in, and this helps. I, I think that the point that Nuno is trying to make, and 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 it is making, is that there's something about the robotic actions of baseball players that feels a little bloodless. Like, I, I think having a little bit of a rivalry between people is a good thing. Now, Carlos Carrera is sort of a human rivalry based upon all the stuff that happened with the Astros winning the World Series. <laughs> You're defending that guy. And all of that stuff. Well, I'm not defending anything. I'm saying when Carlos Correa hits a home run and he's going to give you the watch signal, if I strike him out, I'm walking as close to him as as the unwritten rules of the sport will allow, I'm throwing a watch in his direction. I'm actually <laughs> sending him a watch. I'm going to send him a watch that is engraved on the back, and it is going to say, I got you, stick it. That's what I'm going to do. It's, it, it is Alex Cora's job as the Red Sox manager to win baseball games. It's not to grow the game. It's not to ensure that rivalries make young fans more interested in baseball. And right now, he has a team that's dominating the Houston, uh, the Houston Astros. Why? mess up the, the emotional equilibrium of the series by trying to throw in this wrench. Right now, you're on top. Right now, you're on top and you own the series. Why mess up the balance there? Why try and muddy the water when right now you're doing everything right? So let me see if I understand this. What you're suggesting to me is you think that Eduardo Rodriguez making that gesture could have any impact whatsoever on the outcome of the remainder of that game or any game in the series. I believe that, yes, and I believe that's what Alex Cora believes, too. 
Why would Alex Cora have freaked out if he didn't think it had any impact because on I the baseball? Because I think he is subscribing to some comp- thoroughly dated idea about how you're supposed to comport yourself as a baseball player, and I think that thoroughly dated idea is serving baseball badly. This, that's, this is not Tony La Russa. Alex Cora owns an iPad. Alex Cora is one of the most progressive <laughs> managers in baseball. Again, when they hit a home run, they roll a laundry cart with the guy sit, like, sitting inside of it. There are certain <laughs> things that you don't do. You can celebrate with your team. You don't show up your opponent. Alex Cora gets that, and that will always be true in baseball. My mother owns an iPad. <laughs> Let's make it very clear that when we've gotten to a place where we are defending a person's youthfulness by pointing out that they own an iPad, I'm not sure we're making the argument we think we're making. Let me go to Bubba on this. And many may not know this, but Bubba, long before he got into this uh, very successful and now uh, bordering on legendary career in radio production, Bubba actually worked for Bill Veck, who, who was one of the original uh, marketer marketing geniuses of baseball back in the, the 40s and the 50s, I believe, when he was uh, running the, the baseball teams there. So, Bubba, uh, we, we have a little bit of a disagreement up here. Whose side are you on? Yeah, no, BV and I talked about this a lot back in the day. And, yeah, uh, no, and I mean, it's the, it's the least shocking thing Hembo's ever said, for sure. And I obviously <laughs> agree completely with uh, you, Greeny, and, and Nuno here. Obviously, it's the correct answer. Um, I mean, to me, I think Hembo's last statement there is the most important thing when he says you can do all these other things you just can't show up your opponent that's right who the poor that's the biggest issue who is saying that there that's the issue there just because you guys and Alex Cora and whoever are saying that that's the fun that's what we want to see I have no problem with it Grinny has no problem with it Nuno has no problem with it most people have no problem with it but just because you and Alex Cora and certain people are saying no no you got to stop that that's the fun we want to see in it. That's what we're missing, and that's the fun we want to see. And I think, to me, that is clearly there's no issue. I have no issue with what happened yet. Yes, last night, and I don't understand why. What's wrong with showing up in a point when it's a big game? You're having fun in a big moment. What's so bad about show? Why do? You, why? Where do you draw the line with? shopping cart but showing up opponent that's where the unwritten law the law the rule is all right l- l- let me actually ask you a different question i think this will be the best way for us to rest our case mm. if the philadelphia eagles are playing the green bay packers in the nfc championship game Ooh. and a corner on the eagles late in the game has a pick six and runs it back uh, by definition runs it in for a touchdown that wins the game and then in the end zone does the discount double check and all that stuff that, that Aaron Rodgers does, will you have an issue with that? I will not. So this rule applies in baseball, but not in other sports. That's right. Baseball is a much less emotional game. Ba- that the whole reason that managers want this, the whole reason teams police themselves as such, is to be able to maintain that balance. Baseball is not a game for which that kind of energy applies the same. Baseball but according is- to who? Just because you yeah, see, want I think that's it, the thing. Have you ever watched you, a baseball game? Have you ever watched you, a football game? You want it that way, and other people are clamoring for more emotion. That's the point. Yes, I think that going back through the – what you're saying is that going back through the history of the game, this has been the way we've done things, and so now we have come to this – perhaps erroneous assumption that it's the best way to do things when what I'm telling you is I don't know that for sure. Watch the Ryder Cup. All right, I know this is going to sound like I'm going a long ways away. But if you watch the Ryder Cup, because golf is like that. Mm. Golf is a sport where you have to maintain yourself in the moment. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. The most important shot is always the next one. All the things that any golfer lives by. 
And generally, you try and keep your heart rates, all that stuff. When these guys are playing in the Ryder Cup and they show all of that emotion and passion and give it back to the fans sometimes, depending on what's happening, they don't play worse. They tend to play better because I think sometimes they are withholding. Withholding is the wrong word. They're they're internalizing. Mm. They're kind of squeezed up inside, trying not to um, to do things that they have been taught all their lives will make them do their jobs worse when in actuality, I don't know that there's any scientific data that suggests there's any truth to that. These are just unwritten rules that were formulated in the 20s or the 30s or maybe even before that. Um, and they were they were designed to keep their being from fights and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which right. otherwise might happen, which we don't have to worry about anymore. They, they led to guys throwing baseballs. So let's just analyze this. Mm-hmm. We're OK with guys throwing fastballs at others because they've done something that violated a rule. But we're not OK with the violation of the rule. Right. Fact, I'm fact just making check. clear on that. True. Yeah, that's that's my point. So I, I, I'm fine with you feeling that way so long as you will recognize and acknowledge that it really is inconsistent with anything else. There's nothing else about it that makes sense. True. OK, fair enough. So we're good with that. So so like when when and does this apply to fans? No, it doesn't apply. It applies to, fans. to baseball players. So, so fans, fans watching the game, mm-hmm. it's all good for the fans in Boston to be looking at their watch oh, and yeah. all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But the baseball player should not apply. to. That's it. right. Because and, and again, to make it clear, is this because you think it gives the baseball player a better chance to win, or is it just because this is the way we've always done it and the way it should always be done? I believe A and B are the answer to that question. But again, teams police themselves differently. What might be okay for the Astros <laughs> might not be okay for anyone else. And in this case, the Red Sox hold themselves to a different and higher standard, and I'm good with that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we are never going to convince you, and that only fortifies my belief that the rest of us... Have it right. Uh, We will continue in just a moment. I've got a green list today of my top five contenders to win the NBA championship. But up next, the rant of the day from the man who actually gave us the idea to do that feature. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. I will get to the rant of the day in a moment. But first, I'm disgusted with myself. So, and we just had this lengthy debate on this program in which we were talking about Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, whose team, for lack of a better way of putting it, does things the right way. He excoriated his own pitcher for making that little looking at the wrist gesture back at Carlos Correa. 
and said, Alex Cora said after the game, because we don't act that way. We just show up, we play, and we move on. And I am disgusted with myself that we talked about that for 10 minutes and I never realized that the argument that I'm missing in this is that Alex Cora was the bench coach for the Houston Astros when they were blatantly cheating and won a World Series that way and was suspended from the sport for a year (laughs) for doing it. So let me just make sure I'm clear. When Alex Cora says, we don't act that way, we just show up, we play, and we move on, we're leaving out one thing. What is that? There is one rule we seem to be willing to live with violating when it benefits us, and that is the banging of the trash cans in the ballpark to make sure that my bet. And oh, by the way, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Jose Altuve has a bunch of AV equipment attached to his body when he hits game-winning home runs. Just maybe. We'll insert the appropriate allegedly when it comes to that. But so I just want to make it clear. Mm. Alex Cora is all for the unwritten rules. He's not so big on the written ones, Mm -hmm. like the rules that are actually written that violate the most sacred trust and integrity of the sport, not quite as important. So what do, yes, that is a, I have been dunked on, but what, what does one have to do with the other? Is it possible that Alex Kaur could be right about the best way for him to manage his clubhouse and be... (laughs) An incredibly blatant cheater as a bench coach five years ago? Yes, it is, it is possible because if the argument you're making is you believe that by policing his own team this way, mm-hmm. it gives his team the best chance to win, that's, what I think. that's the argument that you have to fall back that's on. That's what I think. The rest of us think that he's just adhering to these sort of somewhat ancient and thoroughly dated norms in Major League Baseball that have no bearing whatsoever on the impact. We rest our case on this side, by the way. Nuno, you feel good about that? I do, I do. I, I wish you had said it to me during the actual discussion. Nuno sure. says to and me the in the break. The conversation was so good that I didn't want to interrupt it because it was just like, let's save it. Well, so, so we get to the break and I say to Nuno, because I had meant to do a whole bunch of other things in that segment, and we never got off it because I liked it. So I said to Nuno, because he's the, he's the producer of the show, and I said, Nuno, did we think that was good or did I go too long? And he said, no, I thought it was really good. And, you know, especially because, you know, Alex Cora cheated. And, and, he did. and I was like, well, why the hell didn't you tell me that while we were talking about it? Like that would have been the time, yeah. not during the ensuing commercial break, to be reminding me of that because it was uh, perfectly suited for the discussion. Anyway, one way or another, we got to get to rant of the day. Hey, you know what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? It's because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. All right, where's rant of the day? They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. There's nothing better in sports talk than a good rant. I love a rant. Certainly I love it when a player or a coach goes on a rant and some of those remain legendary and you just heard little snippets of them. But I'm all good. I I am a consumer of sports talk. Obviously I've been hosting sports talk on the radio for a very long time. But when I'm not doing it and even during those years that I wasn't doing it, I still listen to a ton of it. And there's nothing I love more than when a host just gets going and kind of loses it. It's not generally my style. I haven't done a lot of that over the years, every now and again. But anyway, we got the idea to do a rant of the day, and everyone in New York knows what I'm talking about. For everyone across the country, Don LaGreca 
works the afternoon show on our station in New York City with Michael Kay and Peter Rosenberg. And Don, when he gets going, I genuinely fear for his health. Like, he gets going, he turns bright red, and he's yelling and screaming. And that was where we got the idea to do Rant of the Day. Don is a passionate fan of the New York Giants. So I have been told, I haven't heard it, that he went off on a bit of a rant yesterday about how bad the Giants are. So we're all going to hear this together. This one is described to me as he says there's no such thing as the quote-unquote Giants way. Here's Don. Could we stop treating the Giants like they're the New York Yankees, the Montreal Canadiens, and the Boston Celtics? They're not. Stop it already. They're a garbage organization right now. They can't get out of their own way. They can't hire coaches. They can't hire general managers. They're awful. They're just awful at football. Let's be honest. They're awful at football. And it's time that people recognize that and start making some changes. And you know what? Stop promoting from within and hiring general managers that used to work for the organization. Why? It's garbage. Change. Find an organization that knows how to do it and hire their people. That's what you should do. The giant way my ass. I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Don. I like it. I love it. Donnie. Oh, I got one more from him. Uh, in this one, he says it's time to put John Mara, the owner of the New York Giants, in the same category as James Dolan, who is the much generally disliked owner of the Knicks and the Rangers. Uh, so Don goes there. Let's hear it. When are we going to start putting John Mara with the Jim Dolans and the Jeff Wilpons of the world? When is that going to happen? When? And why not? And why not? Why? Because he's a Mara? He's untouchable? Great man. I think he's salt of the earth. Love the guy. But what makes him good at football? How is he any different from all these other guys that inherited a team? Where's his resume? Where's his resume of decision-making? We'll see some pictures of some fallen garbage cans that he kicked them down. I understand he's frustrated. He's a fan. But when does he get put into that category, Michael? of guys that inherited greatness and are ruining it in front of your eyes. When? I think it's time. So there's Don going. uh, He's going deep on that one. Here's what I will say. I mean, let's just be fair. It's fair. How many Super Bowls have they won on John Mara's watch? I I think two, right? I don't remember exactly. What year did Wellington Mara die? At, at At what time did this become John Mara's franchise? Certainly not the Parcells championships, but I think both of the Coughlin championships would be John Mara's teams. So the huge difference here between him and the other uh, people that that Don is talking about would be that I think he's got two Super Bowls on his resume. Do I have that right? What year did Wellington Mara die? At at, at what point? Mara died in 05, but uh, but Don's point in this was, hey, the reason you're here is because of uh, uh, George Young and Ernie Accorsi, not anything you guys have done. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.